you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Everybody said, Amen. So, the door, the door, the door, the door. Let's face it, in 2018, every, every year, 2017, 2016, 2015, every year that we, we, we live, we can say that there were some great moments and there were some not so great moments, right? Think back on this year. Let's reflect. That's a great word to think about on December 30th. To reflect on this year, this time of the year, has 2018... Answer this question just in your, not out loud, but in your heart. Has 2018 measured up to your expectations? You know, there's some things personally that I had expected in 2018 that didn't necessarily happen like I wanted it to. Kind of like baking a cake and having a half, half-baked cake, right? You've got all the ingredients there. You've got the oven up to whatever it is, 375, 400, whatever. You're, and you're baking and just, you just pull it out too soon. You ever taste it? I mean, it look, kind of looks good on the outside and you bite into it and it's like, God, this is not done, right? So we can all identify that there were some things maybe this year that didn't get done. And maybe were a little raw in your mouth. <laughs> So what do we do with these things that are left undone? And how do we move on when things in our past keep dragging us back? What's in store for 2019? Is it just as easy as just turning a page? And is it just as easy as, you know, writing the word uh, 2019? That was a big thing back when we used to write checks, you know, for the first Two weeks or so, we'd, we would still be writing 2018. And, but what, what, what's, what's in your 2019? What does it look like for you? You know, just like every door has two sides. There's a, and a door is significant that you're leaving one space and entering another space on the other side. And so today we're going to look at how to leave and how to enter, how to shut the door behind you and enter into what God has for you. The space that you're in right now, think about, what, where are you? Where are you right now? Where are you going? What, what, what is the next step? You know, the, your, next step to, your next step in God is your most important step in God. The past is that. The past. And today I believe that there will be some people in here, maybe some watching, that realize that the past is the past at last. I'm going to use Peter as an example. Peter uh, was a, a beloved disciple of Jesus. He followed Jesus closely. Peter recognized the faith, the passion, and the dedication of Jesus. And and those characteristics were in Peter. Peter was not an educated man. 
You know, I noticed with Jesus, he, he just chose raw people, normal people, to go with him. And he's still doing it today, just choosing raw people and just natural people to follow him and using us as he wants to use us. Peter was one of these guys. He was a fisherman. Now, he was a success, successful fisherman because he owned his own boat, and that meant that you, you did well. You know, I can imagine if you were a fisherman on someone else's boat and you didn't have your own boat, but Peter owned his own boat, so he was successful. He had character. He had passion. He had fire. He had spunk. A lot of times his mouth outran his brain, got him in trouble. But if you think about how Jesus took Peter in to not just his 12 disciples, but his inner circle. Peter, James, and John followed Jesus closer. When Jesus went in to raise Jairus' daughter from, from death, he took Peter in. When Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, he took Peter with him. Right? When Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray and agonize over that last step that he had to take here on this earth, he took Peter with him. And so we see Peter was held by Jesus in a place of, of high esteem. But yet Peter fell. He fell. And Jesus even told him that he was going to fall. You remember the, the encounter where Jesus told Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. Let's look at that in Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 in verse 60. We're going to read in verse 60. Begin in verse 60. Well, let me say a couple of things before we read that scripture. The reason that we're using Peter is because Peter understood about the past and how to overcome it. He understood about the past and he overcome it, how to overcome it. But again, Jesus told him before he denied Jesus, Jesus said, you're going to deny me. Three times before the rooster crows. Now let's read Luke 22, verse 60. When Peter was asked, this was Peter's response. When the servant girl, young servant girl, asked G, uh, Peter if he knew Jesus, Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while, we, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. This was the third time that Peter denied Jesus, that he knew Jesus. And at that moment, the Lord turned and look at Peter, and suddenly the Lord's words flash through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even knew me. In verse 62, and Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. So Peter denied Jesus after walking with Jesus and believing in Jesus and loving Jesus, Peter denied Jesus three times in this moment of fear. This could have prevented Peter from walking into his future. This moment in Peter's life 
could have derailed him, sidetracked him, disqualified him from doing anything that God had designed him to do. And the point, the big point from the message today is if you don't shut the door to your past, you can't walk into your future. Peter had to understand how to shut the door to his past so that he could walk into his future. You know, doors are very important in my house. Probably important in your house. Otherwise, you wouldn't have doors. Right? But we have two standard poodles that like to push the door open. And our, our male dogs, Solomon, is 75 pounds, so he's a little bit you know, heavier than the door. He can push the door open. And uh, the other day, we found Solomon in our bedroom with a roll of toilet paper eating up the toilet paper. <laughs> now, are you going to get mad at... What? It was a brand new roll, yeah, that he discovered because he liked to sniff things out. And they have this attraction to anything that smells like wood. You know, pulp, paper, wood, they, they love it. They, they find Kleenex anywhere it is. And they just... So you walk in, you see the dog... For a moment, you want to get mad at the dog. But then you remember, wow, somebody left the door open. Right? The same dog found another door open. Solomon found the door open a couple of, what, about a week ago, two weeks ago. Decided he was going to go visit the neighborhood. And so that caused commotion. But listen, if you leave the door open, you can find a mess. You can get in trouble with the doors open. It's time to close the door. It's time to shut the door on 2018 so that you can walk into all that God has for you in 2019. The past is the past that lasts. Here's three things that the enemy says about your past. And you need to recognize this. Just like Pastor Sheila was talking about the enemy. We need to recognize the enemy. God has told us that we have an enemy. And so we should not be ignorant of his devices. We need to know the the strategies and the plans and the procedures of the enemy so that we can steer clear of his strategies and plans. The Bible says for us to be as wise as serpents and harmless as as doves, we need to know and recognize when the enemy is trying to pull one over on us, right? So here's... Three things that the enemy loves to say about your past to you. Number one, that you're unforgivable. You're unforgivable. Psalm 38, 4 says, My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. Guilt is a huge burden. The guilt of... of, of sin when you are caught in sin when sin catches you when you do something that guilt can be overwhelming you deal with thoughts like I've messed up so bad how could God ever forgive me what do I what must I do to gain God's forgiveness the guilt associated with sin that the enemy 
places on you. The regret that comes as a result of the guilt keeps that regret can keep the door open to your past. Living in regret will sidetrack you from what God has for you. We have to learn how to shut the door. That guilt of, I shouldn't have done this, or I should have done that. Being in an accident, for instance, where it was your fault, maybe years ago in a DUI, and you knew you shouldn't, Somebody told you not to. The guilt that goes along with that. The second thing that the enemy tries to say to us about our past is that you're unlovable. First of all, let me back up and say, can you imagine Peter and that guilt that he felt when he heard? We read it right from the word. The guilt that Peter felt when he heard those words flash through his mind through his heart that the Lord had said you're going to deny me three times the guilt that feeling of of being unforgivable the second thing the enemy tries to convince us is that we're unlovable Genesis 3 7 talking about Adam and Eve it says at the moment that their eyes were open they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves and so Shame causes fear. Shame causes you to run from others. And eventually you're running from yourself in shame. Believing the lie that you're unlovable. Ashamed of what people might find out. Ashamed. Peter was ashamed that... People standing around him may have heard him doubt Jesus. Here he was, not too many days before that, on fire. Jesus, I'll be with you forever. I'll do anything for you. And then in a moment, confronted by a servant girl, he denies Jesus. The enemy surely tried to convince him that he was unlovable, that God doesn't love you. God doesn't love you anymore. The enemy tries to convince us that we're useless. And he holds our past against us. You remember Job. The scripture references Job chapter 2 and verse 9. Job's question, uh, Job's wife's question to Job was, hey, how can You still trust God. After all this has happened to you, how can you still trust God? Why don't you just go ahead and curse God and die? Now, I'm sure most of us in this room have heard that from the enemy. How could you trust God because he let you down again and again and again? Why don't you just go ahead and curse God and die? This is a tactic of the enemy to hold your past over your head and cause you to be in an insecure place thinking well what if it happens again what if I get fired again God could never use me because I've blown it again my family rejected me and so nobody likes me 
Or how about, you know, I planned last year. Let's just bring it down to, hey, last year I planned, had a good resolution. I was going to lose 15 pounds and I didn't do it. Listen, you are worthy. You are valuable because Jesus made you valuable. This insecurity, this feeling, dealing with thoughts and feelings of uselessness always brings comparison. Look at this person. Look at that person. They're more valuable. They're more useful. Dealing with, with age. I'll never be able to get a job because I'm over... You fill in the blank. How many years? What, 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 what is the number of years that the world accepts that you're still productive? Why is that in, in our minds that we have to be 55 and under? Once you get over 55, they turn you out to the pasture. You start smelling the glue factory. I'm just being real, guys. Right? Your age of productivity. Why? Why? Why do we succumb to this thought of uselessness from the enemy trying to hold our past over our head? When you get too old, you're washed up. You're not as good as you used to be. I don't have a degree. How about that? I don't have a degree. Listen, neither did the first apostles. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached a message. 3,000 people became born again, came into the first church, into the family of God, found salvation through Jesus. Peter was not even a theological school student, let alone have a degree in theology. I missed my opportunity, says the past, says the enemy. We have to shut the door. We have to shut the door on the past. Looking at Peter's life, you have to, we have to know that Peter experienced and dealt with these thoughts and emotions that were all tied to his past. But Jesus redeems Peter from his past. If you look in John chapter 21... In verse 15, Jesus came to the disciples. Now, Jesus was being resurrected, and between his ascension, he visited earth. And he ate with his disciples. And Jesus came back and spoke to them before he ascended into heaven. Jesus found Peter. Peter had joined the rest of the disciples, after a time of sorrow and mourning that he had, in fact, denied Jesus. But Jesus finds Peter with the rest of the disciples. Here in John 21, verse 15. And notice that when Jesus found Peter, he didn't rebuke Peter. He did not say, Peter, how dare you? You disappointed me, son. 
I told you you were going to deny me, and look what you did. Jesus did not make Peter an example in front of the other disciples. Instead, here's what Jesus did. Verse 15, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. But notice in that verse, verse 17, it says that Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him the third time. I believe that Peter realized that he had denied Jesus three times. And Jesus was pointing that out to him in a loving way. But still by asking the question, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Pointing Peter to his calling to take care of the flock of God. Jesus was in that moment redeeming Peter from his past and, and releasing him into his future. Asking him, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know, you know everything. <laughs> in other words, Lord, you know what I did when I denied you. You know everything. And you know that I love you. And Jesus said, hey, then go feed my sheep. Shut the door on the past and move into the future. We can't move into our future until we shut the door on our past. And Jesus helped Peter to do that. Jesus is the only one that can redeem us from our past. And he has. And he will. So how do we get past the past? Getting past the past. Two steps Number one, close the door. Close the door. Close the door. To close the door on your past, you have to accept that God's grace is bigger than your sin. Can you accept that? Say, God's grace is way bigger than my sin. Now, that's acknowledging that we do sin, guys. And this is a big issue today because there, there are folks that believe that nobody sins because God's grace is so big that nobody sins. And because nobody sins, we never have to confess that we sin. Therefore, God's grace is so big that we just, he loves us, we love him, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. And everything's wonderful. No, but... His grace is bigger than any of my failures. Than all of my past put together, His grace is bigger. And we have to accept that. Accepting God's grace is the way that we close the door to our past. You know, our standing with God is determined by relationship, 
not rules. Our standing in God's presence is determined by our relationship and not a set of rules. 1 John 1.9 says, But if we confess our sin, then God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. There is a, there's a, something to do on our part, but there is something that has already been done on his part. And when we do our part, we collide with the grace of God that has been already done 2,000 years ago on his part. That is so much greater than anything that we could have ever done. But notice in that verse, there is a washing. And so every time we find ourselves on our knees saying, God, I messed up again. I denied you three times in one day in the presence of some young girl. His grace washes over us and it cleanses us. I don't know how to explain that to you, but there is a cleansing. I've experienced it. There's a cleansing. And that cleansing washes the past off of us and pulls us into God's future for us. This is where God has designed us to live in the future, not in the past. Remember when Israel came through the Jordan? They set up stones as a memorial to remind them not to go back. Right? The Red Sea, when they came through the Red Sea, did the Red Sea close up? Swallowed up the horse, the chariots, the Pharaoh, the Egyptian army. So that we wouldn't go back. God wants you to go forward. God wants you to close the door to the past. So that you can run full speed ahead into his future that he has for you. Your action of shutting the door is connected to your belief in God's power to forgive and cleanse. When you believe in his power to forgive... In that very moment, you accept his grace. That is faith. That is the exchange of your faith in his grace that pulls you into a new, fresh step that he's designed. Remember what I said, that the next step in God is your most important. He's designed you to go forward. He orders your steps. This year, the number one prayer that you can have is, Lord, show me the order of the steps that you want me to take. Show me the order. I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead. I'm leaving the past in the past. You know, God knows all about us. Peter, Peter made that statement. Lord, you know. You know everything. And God knows all about us. But he doesn't ask us to beg or earn his forgiveness. He, come, he comes looking for us like he, like he came looking for Adam and Eve. Adam, where are you? He came looking for Peter. He knew that he would encounter Peter. And the only thing that he asked Peter was, do you love me? What about grace and mercy? The grace and mercy of God that brings us back to that. Lord, you know everything. I do love you. I do love you. You might be saying, well, you don't understand, you know, because I've been divorced. I've lived a lie. I've had an abortion. I've lost everything financially. Plus, I never knew my father. I walked away from God. 
You can't guess what I've done with my body. And you're right, I probably don't understand some of those things. But you know what? Jesus does. Because Peter said right there in that one moment, God, you know everything. You know everything. Everything is revealed before him. Everything. Don't miss this. Everything is revealed before him, but he still forgives us. He still loves us. He says, Adam, why are you hiding? Hey, Peter, feed my sheep. Pointed Peter to his calling. When we hold on to our past, what we're saying is that the power of our past is stronger than the power of the cross. That the power of what I did was stronger than the power of what Jesus did. So if you don't shut the door to your past, you can't walk into your future. And I'm telling you this morning, shutting the door is one thing, but keeping the door shut is another thing. Keeping the door shut prevents the dogs from eating toilet paper. Prevents the dogs, prevents you from having to run out in the whole neighborhood and find the dogs. Right? Galatians 4, 7 says this. We, we, we need to understand what God thinks about us. Here's what God thinks about us. No matter what the devil says or what he thinks about us, here's what God says. Now, you're no longer a slave but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. This is what God's future is for us. No matter what your past was, you're an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You are a child of God because he chose you. He values you. He loves you. You know, Jesus didn't really even have to affirm his love to Peter. The fact that he was talking with Peter and having conversation with Peter showed Peter that Jesus loved him. Jesus was showing his love to Peter by saying, Peter, do you love me? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans of good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And so on the other side of this door in 2019 is a future, is good, is hope. There's hope. There's hope in God. There's a future in God. So we've got to shut the door to the past. We've got to disidentify ourselves with our past because you are not what you have done. You are what God says you are. You're forgiven. You're his child who has a bright and hopeful future. The second step to moving into what God has for you is to take that step into your future. Listen to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. Verses 12 through 15. This is the New Living Translation. It says, uh, Paul is speaking. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed 
possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, speaking about that perfection or that maturity, but I do focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ is calling me. That calling that Jesus is calling you with is still ringing out. When Peter jumped out the boat, the wind, we were kind of singing about it this morning, right? Wave after wave. Call, call me out of the shore, off the shore, into the waves. If Jesus is in the waves, he'll hold you up in the waves. But notice when Peter stepped out of the boat and Jesus saw him sinking, Jesus did not tell Peter, turn around and go back. You're useless. You could never do this. Well, what were you thinking? Jesus went and picked him up and helped him walk back to the boat. Doesn't matter what happened last year. Jesus will pick you up, help you out, walk you back to the boat and tell you, hey, it's okay. The future's bright. Press on. You can reach the end of your race. You can receive the heavenly prize. There's a calling on your life. God saves you from your past so you can step into your future. And just like Peter, you're forgiven. You're, you're giving, you, you have been given a new future. Jesus affirmed Peter's calling on his life when he said, feed my sheep. And he knew that Peter had it within him to do what God had called him to do. The, this qualification to be used by God is not a perfect past, but it is having the presence of God in your life. Not anyone in here has a perfect past, but we can all choose to have the presence of God in our life. So focus on the call ahead of you. Take another step into your future. You know, I have a past, but I didn't come this morning to tell you my past. And when I look at my past, I don't see my failure. I see God's faithfulness. I don't see my defeat. I see God's victory. I don't see how bad I was. I see how good God is when I look at my past. You know, your story is not a story of failure, but it's a story of God's victory. Has God saved you? Has God kept you? Is God faithful? Your story is about God's victory. You know, if you think about the apostle uh, Peter and what he went through during his time on earth, people don't point to him denying Jesus as much as they point to him standing up on the day of Pentecost full of fire and being baptized in the Holy Spirit, preaching to thousands and leading them to that saving faith in Jesus. God's looking for you to have a victorious 2019. He is already out there ahead of you designing steps of victory that you will walk through this coming year. If you'll believe what I'm telling you,
God will show you every step to take. And like Pastor Sheila said, those steps not to take. It's just as important to to not take the ones you're not supposed to take as it is to take the ones that he's ordained for you to take. But first, before you take any step, you've got to shut the door to your past. You've got to shut the door to your past. Think about Peter and Judas Iscariot. Peter fell, got back up, and accomplished his mission that God had, had for him. Judas Iscariot fell, and great was his fall. And it all has to do with shutting the door to your past. Tomorrow night, when the clock strikes midnight, 2018 will be gone forever. Decide right now that Jesus will be the main character in your story for 2019. Not yourself. You know, we're going to do things a little bit different this coming month. You know, traditionally we do the month-long series of... Well, we're, we're still praying and we're still fasting, but we're going to focus less on ourself and focus more on others. This new series, it's about being selfless. And to be selfless, you have to get away from selfish. Our life is about others, not about ourselves. There'll be a lot of people make resolutions, and it's, I want to be slimmer and make more money and drive a better car and etc 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 it's the way of the world there's nothing wrong with better there's nothing wrong with more as long as you're consecrated more to God than you were last year and that next year you'll be consecrated more to God than you were this year right we should, we should be growing in our spiritual development in the Lord and our passion for Jesus all begins by shutting the door shut the door I'm going to lead us in a prayer here to shut the door whatever happened this year put it under the blood of Jesus for good forever we need to pray this prayer and we're going to say the past is the past at last No more torment from the enemy. Listen, in fact, in 2019, every day, put this in your journal, every day that the enemy reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. <laughs> he hates when you remind him of his future. And this is scriptural, guys, because the, the Bible says to resist the devil and he will do what? He will flee from you. So if you're going to have a victorious 2019, you're going to have to resist the enemy. Resist the devil. And every time he comes to you with these thoughts, you're never going to make it. You're, you, you're useless. You're unlovable. You're unforgivable. You say, you know what? My past doesn't rule me. Jesus redeemed me from my past. He's propelling me into my future. And by the way, my future is bright. Your future is down down, down. Fire, pit of fire, 
Lake of Fire, Bottomless Pit, Lake of Fire, Bottomless Pit. Let's see. Your future. I'm going up. You're going down. Ha ha. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for loving us, for forgiving us like you did, Peter, for showing us how to shut the door. And carrying us over the threshold of this year, this next year, Lord. We trust you as Peter trusted you in that very moment where he said, Lord, you know I love you. You know everything. And you said, feed my sheep. Thank you for showing us that your grace is bigger than our failure. That your calling is greater than our past. We trust you. We love you. I pray for everyone in here, Father, that we put the past under the blood. Father, right now we confess where we've missed it. We confess where we have, where we failed you, where maybe where we've had doubt come into our lives and we succumb to doubt like Peter did in a moment of of weakness or fear we ask you to forgive us and we thank you that you're faithful and that you're just to forgive us and cleanse us right now by your word by your promise by your faithfulness and by the blood of Jesus thank you for cleansing us and filling us full of hope for the future right now Lord that you're dealing with us each one individually and as a church Lord that we'll move further into your plan for our life we'll go higher and do more for you and for the kingdom and for for others Father as as the clock winds down on 2018 let all of us remember the words of this message that we're choosing to shut the door on 2018 the good and the bad because we know that 2019 is is waiting and it's full of hope and full of Jesus we set our eyes on the prize before us like Paul did we forget those things we choose to forget those things which are behind so that we can press on and accomplish all that you have for us in Jesus name while everybody has their head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in here this morning or maybe you're watching us this morning and you need to begin to follow Jesus and you're not even sure what that means, the first part is that you, you make a choice in your heart, that you make a decision this morning, right now. This would be the best decision that you made in 2018. If, you, if you're not following Jesus, you need to choose to follow Jesus right now. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life and you are deciding that you believe in Christ, the Son of the living God, while everybody has their head bowed, every eye closed, just just make this declaration in your heart to yourself. You can pray it out loud. It doesn't matter. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I shut the door on my past 
and I open the door to walk into the future that you have for me. Thank you for forgiving me and loving me. Thank you for the gift of salvation. I receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't we all stand before we go? I want you to look up here. If anybody that made that declaration, if if you've never made that declaration ever before and you did that for the first time, this is a choice that you make between you and God. It's not a choice between... It's not something that I made you do. That's why it's important that it is, it's private, it's a private thing. But there's a time when that private decision becomes a public declaration. This, this young woman up here on the front row, I privately pursued her for a little bit. But then I said, one day, I'm going to put this on and we're going to stand before all these people and God and I'm going to join myself to you. It's the same thing when you decide to join yourself to Jesus and follow him. You make that decision in your heart. Listen, sometimes people hear the gospel for the first time and they make that decision. But I find that most people hear and they hear and they hear the story again and they hear and they hear it again and then they're ready at some point. And not everybody's the same, right? And the decision that you make individually is between you and God. So it's not, it's not extremely important that you come up to me afterwards and say, you know what, I made a decision for Christ. You need to tell somebody, right? We need to go public. We have a thing called water baptism that we're going to celebrate in January. We're going to have a big tub over here. We're going to baptize everybody in water that wants to be baptized. And we'll talk more about that later. But if you made that decision today, I want to encourage you to tell somebody that you decided to start following Jesus. Listen, it is the best thing that you can do in 2018. I'm going to pray one more time and then we're going to be dismissed. But I want those that are praying this morning, if you would please come. We have a prayer team up here that are ready to pray for you if you have a need. If anybody needs prayer for any reason, if you need prayer, please don't leave this building without being prayed for. If you're dealing with a financial situation, if you're dealing with a physical situation, if you need the prayer of agreement, you know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 18 where two of you agree is touching anything. That means we make these requests together. You're not trusting in this person to do anything for you, but we're trusting together with God that God will do something. We've seen miracles. We've heard of testimonies and reports that God would do exceptional and extraordinary things as we pray together. So I want to invite you to please come if you need prayer at the end of uh, the dis- as, as I pray and dismiss you. Praise God. We believe that 20, year 2019 is going to be the best year that you've ever had because Jesus is already preparing. Remember, before he left the earth, he says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you, right? That where I'll be, you'll be with me. So if he's preparing a place for us, for all of eternity, don't you think he's doing some things in 2019 for you? Don't you think, don't you believe that he's preparing some things in 2019 for you? If he orders your steps? Lord, thank you for ordering our steps, for planning our 2019. 
Let your agenda for our life become our agenda. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.